Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Burning Question series. I know you heard Prost. <laughs> um, but yes, we are back to a single game week, game week 21. Um, game week 20 is still in progress. Uh, we're looking forward to a KDB haul uh, coming soon. But welcome back, Pras. How are you doing, my friend? I am very well, thank you. Yeah, uh, I was telling Andy just before we, we all came on that uh, we should keep this one short simply because uh, this is the week where people should be holding their transfers and we will get to all the reasons why. Yep, perfect. Okay, so let's go right into it. Uh, first of all, we have some news um, in terms of KDB. He is fit and ready to go for the uh, next game against Tottenham. I think he, he had some personal issues he was dealing with. Also, Reese James and Ben Chola are back in action. So very interesting. There was a tweet about how um, possibly Chelsea might have a potential double in 25. Um, there's so many different iterations to get to that point. But uh, Reese James back into the fold. Um, how do you feel about this uh, news, Pross? I mean, it changes the whole dynamics of Chelsea. Both him and Chilwell, whenever they fit. I mean, I was reading somewhere that him, mm-hmm. Kante... And Chilwell haven't started together for since 2021 or something. Mm. You know, it's massively long time. And it will obviously impact everything because th- those two positions, uh, I know Kante is getting older, but Chilwell and James are so important to them that you can expect a more fluid attack. You can expect better defending. So, yeah, good for good for Chelsea. Yeah, fully agree with you. Um, Chilwell just, just so important. And Reese James, probably the most important p- player at Chelsea, um, to say the least. So we'll see. We'll see how this folds out on today's agenda we'll be talking about a potential game week 22 i know a lot of us are interested in the manchester united assets a lot of us are interested in the triple captain option of two home games in 22 as well um leeds and brentford also have a potential double in 22 leeds more likely to have a double we'll all find this by the end of or before the deadline of 22 so not to worry um, but just to keep into mind We'll talk about Arsenal, Manchester United, Brighton, touch on Leeds. We'll do bus teams, fairly simple, and then we'll get to some Q&A at the end. But again, as Pross mentioned, prior to the show, we'll keep it under 45 minutes if possible. Um, so let's get into it. So last week we did a very good, uh, you know, helicopter section and sort of, um, you know, process forte. But I do just want to touch on a couple of things, um, you know, in the... Grand scheme of things, we'll be looking to sort of wildcard or free hit in 29, and blank 28 is in the horizon, but we don't know much about it yet. However, what we can look forward to in the next, I guess, four game weeks is a double in 22 followed by a blank in 25. So for for those that may not be aware, the teams that have a potential of blanking in 25 include Brentford, Brighton, Leeds, Manchester United, Newcastle, Nottingham, Southampton, West Ham. The only ones that really do matter out of these include, I think, for for example, Brentford, Tony, Brighton. We talk about these assets and whether we should hop on them now. I know we'll get to that section later today. Or we should hop on them later. Brighton are supposed to have a lot of games rescheduled at the end of the la- end of the season. So I'm sure we'll be hopping on their value assets by then. We'll talk about Leeds. They have a fixture of really good fixtures, plus, um, you know, a potential double in 22. So very interesting um, for the Leeds, although I can only think of one, you know, option for that team. And we'll get to that. Manchester United, obviously, and then Newcastle. Um, to keep into mind, all of us have probably Trippier and Almiron. Um, for example, I do have uh, Dunk. Sorry, Dunk. Not Dunk. Um, I'm forgetting the name. I'll blanking on the name, but I have triple... Um, Newcastle, so I have to watch out Botman, for Botman. what's that? Botman, sorry, yeah, I have Botman, to watch right? out for uh, for twenty five. Sorry, guys, it's pretty late here. It's been a long day, um, but I'll try to keep it sharp today. 
One of the things I did see on Ben Curlin's tweet is that Brighton ha- play Liverpool next Sunday, which is the FA Cup fourth round. And this can have some implications as to what happens in 25 and 26. For, for example, if Brighton do win, by the way, this is almost word for word. So again, credit to Ben Curlin. Let me actually uh, elaborate on that. Let's go not ahead, read go word ahead. for it. People can read the tweet. Uh, so game week 25 has a midweek, right? Midweek mm-hmm. is when the FA Cup round f- five games happen. Mm-hmm. So if Brighton lose, of course, they're not in the FA Cup anymore. So there's a possibility that they just reschedule Brighton's game. So Brighton have still to play Bournemouth and Crystal Palace. So they could reschedule that during the FA Cup fifth round, which is the midweek of game week 25. So there is a possibility mm-hmm. that if Brighton lose to Liverpool, that they may not actually blank in 25, mm-hmm. even though they, they could blank because Newcastle could make it to the semifinals or the finals of the Carabao Cup. That's the thinking. If they do blank... That will happen because they have <clears throat> won against Liverpool, which means they have an FA Cup fifth round, so the midweek is busy. And the fact that Newcastle have made it to the final, so their fixture over game week 25 will pretty much guaranteed not happen. Mm. So that's where we are with Brighton. We will obviously come to their assets and why it could even make sense to go for them, despite the fact that they blank. But that's the new information. And then the Liverpool one is the flip side of this. Liverpool one, if they lose to... Uh, uh, Brighton in the FA Cup, then again, they will not have an FA Cup fifth round. So their midweek in game week 25 will be free. Mm-hmm. They're already playing in game week 25, which is the game against Crystal Palace. So they could have their Wolves fixture or their Crystal Palace fixture, which is due to be rescheduled in game week 25. That'll give them a double. But if they do make it to the FA Cup uh, fifth round, then their double still needs to be rescheduled at some point. So that could be game week 26. So that's basically the th- the explanation behind the tweet. Right, which also means that if do Liverpool do double, that means Bournemouth or Crystal Palace would double as well in either 25 or 26, correct? Yeah. Okay. Correct. Also, um, just one more thing in game week 22, and uh, I know you might have retweeted FPL Focal's tweet here, but United have a, I think, 60 or 70% chance of a double in in 22 and Leeds are more likely to have that double in 22 over Brentford. So food for thought as we move into the fixtures, but again, we'll know all of this before the 22 deadline. Um, so it just goes to show that maybe the power of two transfers next game week will be, will be, you know, good. And if we look at game week 21 as a single fixture, there's nothing in particular that really sticks out. I mean, you know, our Man City team, our Kane option has decent fixtures, but the two fixtures that do stick out are United playing Arsenal. So I think we have a debate about, for example, Shaw versus White, who to start this week. And then also Liverpool and Chelsea play each other. But I don't think many of us have, if any, one asset. So um, something that really won't affect our FPL teams. But this game week, I think, will be a very straightforward sort of transfer plan for most of us. Anything you want to mention yeah. for game week 21, Pross? Just one clarification. The Leeds double... We will. We may not. May even know later this evening or tomorrow morning. Okay. Because basically, all they're waiting for is their Leeds game is tonight. Their their replay from round three. So if they, basically, what they will the announcement is waiting that if Leeds win, that they will say game week twenty two double is now announced. It will be Man United Leeds, and it's subject to neither team re- needing a replay. If Leeds lose, then the announcement will say it will be subject to Man United not needing a replay. So. Mm-hmm. And Man United have a fairly easy draw. Um, so I would expect them to sort of win in the first instance, not needing a replay. So the chances are high that the yep. Go- yep. game 22 happens. Okay, awesome. Also, shout out to a lot of familiar faces. Uh, I think recently in, in the couple of last few pods, we really didn't do many shout outs. So I do want to say hi to a lot of familiar faces. You know, John Cahill, we see you. Just a dad posting stuff. We see you all the time. Uh, Veron, Mike, good to see you again. So Welcome to the stream today. Okay, let's get into it. Let's talk about I see Arsenal. Seb as well. So I, I want to also apologize because I think we, okay. we overlapped with their uh, with the Gianni stream. So sorry, Gianni and Seb, yeah. uh, for you guys losing the last few minutes of your stream. Yeah, Seb, I had no idea. I'm, I'm, I apologize there. <laughs> okay, let's get into. Oh, sorry. There's loud moaning. Oh, I see. I see. Did you see? Did you see that? Uh... I think it was uh, there was the BBC on live TV that was. I was uh, watching, man. And, I can't and, believe you that. Know, yeah, my kids weren't watching the game, but they were in the vicinity, and I was oh, like, "What no. is happening? What is this noise?" <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So everyone can have tech issues. Is was basically the summary. Or we can also say burning questions, tech issues are 
pretty decent compared to uh, <laughs> <laughs> national TV yeah, broadcasting. Guys so. Yeah, I think yeah. they came out as well on who did it. Anyways, guys, so let's get into Arsenal. I think this is a hot topic. I have many questions personally, and I also have questions for you. You know, I've... Well, who are the hot topics? Odegaard, you know, we talk about Saka, Martinelli, and Ketia is in the fold. You know, a lot of us have white, so very interesting stuff. Arsenal have a double in 23, Brentford and Man City. So, you know, by then, I'm sure we're going to be tripled up on them. If anything, we should be tripled up on them already. I mean, they absolutely murked uh, Tottenham. They look amazing. And um, it, it worries me that I have one asset from them in Ben White. So, you know, this these two tables up here, we have XG per 90 over 60 minutes for the season. So these are season stats. And, you know, Pross and I, when we talk, Pross, you know, make, makes a good point that you never want to sort of have you know, stats to fit a narrative. But I think season stats are a decent way to look at, you know, just the general picture of the team and who's playing well. But regardless of these stats, we already know what we know. And we know that Arsenal are an elite team and the best team in the league at the moment in time. So um, if you compare it to this, to the bottom stat, it's the XG Delta per 90 over 60 for the season. So XG Delta compares expected goals versus actual goals scored. So when comparing the two tables, Saka might have the highest XG, but his XG Delta is actually um, lower than expected, while Odegaard and Martinelli are very similar in both tables. So you add form on top of this, Odegaard is basically, I read somewhere, you know, scoring every other 90 minutes. So I think the goal versus Tottenham was a little bit, you know, uh, maybe not fluky. It's a wonder goal, right? But, it, you know, it's not going to happen every day, right? And so, you know, take it for what it is. And we'll get to the point about Martinelli because a lot of people are fearing that they having Martinelli might not be the right choice. But I do want to make the point that if you have Martinelli, you should be confident in him. Um, and so comparing these two, the general gist here is that Odegaard and Saka are top of the charts and actually... When we compare MP XGI, so non-penalty non XGI for the season, Martinelli is actually a little bit higher than Saka for by a minuscule amount. So first tier, anything you want to mention and what are your thoughts on the three assets so far? You're muted, Pross. Sorry, I, I was I was going to say, I can't believe I'm defending Martinelli after like selling him in game week nine <laughs> and like, not owning him, I think only owned him a couple of weeks after. He's a great asset, man. I mean, Agree. people who've held him, I don't get it. I Why would you waste a transfer from Martinelli to Odegaard when the stats tell you that on an XGI basis, so I don't know if you have the next slide ready, yep. but the, on an XGI basis, that's the one I care about because that will give you FPL points, whether it's an assist or a goal. Obviously, goal gives you five and assist three. But on an XGI basis, he's doing well. I mean, he's comparable to Saka. Odegaard is slightly better than both. So the question is, if you were making a wildcard today, then I think the three, possibly the best three would be Saka, Odegaard, and one more, whether that's Martinelli, whether that's Gabriel, that's a question mark. So that's clear. But people who hold Martinelli and have value in Martinelli, there's also value in what you're saving in terms of your Cost, if you basically, if you went from Martinelli to Odegaard, you're using 0 0.4, 0 0.5 if you mm -hmm. held from the beginning. That is value. I mean, that will cost you points later. I get the argument that this year maybe value is not that mm -hmm. important. I totally agree. But it has value. And then the second value is, if you look at it from an expected points potential, going from Martinelli to Odegaard would only get you a little bit of an uplift. If mm -hmm. that, it may get you lower. But going from somebody else to somebody else, let's say it's Andreas to Mitoma, let's say it's Almiron to Odegaard, will basically get you a much more higher expected point benefit or an EV benefit. So that's what people need to keep in mind. Yes, maybe in isolation, it could be a transfer worth making, but transfers are not free. Yeah. Even a free transfer is not free because you could be doing something else with that free transfer. So that's where I am. I mean, it's quite simple. For me, Saka and Odegaard are the top two. Saka, because he just looks way more involved. And even though the data doesn't show he's on, he's on penalties, yeah, yeah. he hasn't got one since the restart. But, you know, he's been unlucky. I mean, they got a VAR penalty since the restart, which was not given. He got a goal disallowed in game week 17, which was obviously disallowed. He got an assist this game week, which was... Well, he didn't get the assist, which was that own goal from Lloris. So the <laughs> points are there. But you can see that it's, you know, it's either noise, which is the reason why he's not up there if not higher than Odegaard. But he's also more expensive. 
So if somebody wanted to say that I want to go Odegaard, Martinelli and White because I want to be cheap and I want to spend my money elsewhere because I have three premiums or something. Again, I, I think that's fine. But let's be clear that in isolation, Gabriel is better than White because mm-hmm. of his data, because of his headers, because mm-hmm. of his potential to get a couple of goals between now and the end of the season. And let's be clear that Saka, because of the penalties, is better than Martinelli or Odegaard. That's where it is. But a transfer, sideways transfer, doesn't make sense to me. Just, uh, I'm surprised you mentioned Gabriel, but just head to head. Yeah, I'm sure Gabriel is the better asset. But for me, as an FPL asset in this moment in time, I don't mind White as the better, or saying White is the better asset just because the value is much, you know, much more cheaper than, than Gabriel himself. And I'm perfectly happy with White, to be honest. So I, I, kind of disagree with you saying that Gabriel is is a much more outstanding asset head to head I'm sure I'm sure he's the right pick but in terms of value in terms of money oh man um I I I like White as the option in terms of defense but but let's focus on the attack uh, process and you know I just I agree with you fully about what you said if you actually you know on the eye test it looks like Odegaard Saka are the you know outstanding picks from this attack but again surprisingly MPXG MPXGI they're all similar and you know, I, I, as much as Odegaard is elite, if you do have Martinelli, I wouldn't make that sideways move. Are you with me there, Pros? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just talk about Odegaard a little bit. Let's let's get into it. You know, we I view him as a cheap, informed KDB like type of player at this moment in time. You know, already eight goals, five assists this season. He has the second most goals for midfielders within the league followed by after Almiron. So, you know, crazy. Uh, it's, a, it's a season of change, and we have to really view him as a different, you know, breed of a player this season. 38 chances created so far, 70 shots on target. I mean, the stats are there. Saka actually has six goals and seven assists. So I was very surprised to see this stat. He has a lot more assists than I initially thought. Um, so his involvement is really there. Between Saka and Odegaard, personally, I would go Saka first. I'd like to know what you think about, you know, comparing the two. It's a dif- difficult. They're not the same price. Mm. So this is why um, I'm hesitant. I think given... See, Odegaard's data form, whatever you want to call it, is more recent, right? We've mm. only seen it this season. Saka's data was exceptional last season as well. So he brings basically a much bigger sample of providing what he's currently, uh, his output is. So therefore, that puts Saka in most models, if you look at it, higher. But the fact that Odegaard is cheaper and the fact that his XGI this season has been better, I think there's no harm in going for Odegaard over Saka. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his form is form is good for a reason. First in the league in terms of assists, this is just November and December, Odegaard. And second in terms of goals. So, you know, his form is showing actual results in terms of, you know, stats and, and FPL points. So... Very good picks. I mean, we have to get to that point. I also want to talk about Anketia as well because he could become an option if we decide that, you know, we have an, we have a lot of midfield options right now, Pross. So maybe the way to go is to go Ben White, get one midfielder, and then also Anketia. You know, he's the striker for the team, and there's a reason why his this, these stats are after the restart, so after game week 17. He's really, you know, kind of not maybe groundbreaking but actually leading in terms of mpxg and mpxgi um since the restart again recent date data and i'm not trying to form a narrative here but uh Enkitia too I, I like his positioning he's really high up the pitch he's going to be involved in these attacks it's a matter of time before he gets a haul i think right what which game it may be we don't know but i don't know is 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 he someone you would consider as a as an option yeah. I mean, I saw, I think FPL Hedgehog had a had a tweet, I think yesterday. Apart from, I think he said Saka and Gabriel, or maybe whoever the second asset is, anyone is a good pick. Mm-hmm. And you cannot say which one will get the haul. Yeah, so yeah. I think Inketia versus Odegaard, I think Odegaard comes out on top. But you could still choose to go for Inketia because your structure is such where maybe you have three strikers. And the Arsenal double is here. And, you know, you basically, from Man United, the only option you could get in the double was because Martial had a niggle and you had to go Weghorst, right? Mm. So for 22, you went for Weghorst and then you basically have to move him out because, you know, Martial will come back. Inketia is a good option. Or let's say in Leeds, basically, when Man United Leeds play, your structure is that you have to go to Nonto, 
which is the lead striker, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. So now you've basically made that spot a 5 million spot. So therefore, now you can upgrade Andreas to an, an Odegaard. So these are the things that will sort of affect it. I don't think there's anything wrong in going Odegaard in Ketia. You may lose out on five points here or there, but I think given the noise, given the stuff, and you're again going to be wildcarding soon anyway, or free hitting in game week 29. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Did you hear that a Lionel Messi trading card recently sold for over $500,000 on Golden Auctions? Golden is the leading and most trusted destination for some of the most significant pieces of sport and pop culture collectibles. And better yet, it's not just for high-ticket items. Golden's new always-on marketplace and weekly auctions start at just $5. That means collectors of all kinds can enjoy the same quality, convenience and seamless user experience that Golden is known for. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, grade or vault, Golden has something for everyone and is your one-stop destination for the love of collecting. Looking to buy a collectible? Great idea. While the S&P 500 fell by an average of nearly 20%, collectibles like trading cards actually increased in value. Looking to sell a collectible? Now is the time to do it. Golden is offering all sellers up to 50% off marketplace fees before February 17th. Head over to golden.co to get started. That's G-O-L-D-I-N dot C-O. Okay, good. Uh, we'll get to a Q&A, so if you have your Arsenal questions, please do hold it. Let's get to your team, Manchester United. So again, Manchester United have a decent chance of a double in 22, which would include two home fixtures. I think uh, one of the main questions we do have here is who is the third Manchester United asset, as well as is triple captaincy for Rashford in 22 with the form he's showing, the stats he's showing, a legitimate option and a legitimate place we can go to. You know, right off the top of the bat, I... I feel like you can compare that TC to game week 20. It's still not over yet, as well as game week 23. So it'll be interesting to see how many managers are going to land there. How many do you think are going to actually do this? Because I'm actually considering this uh, greatly for for 22 uh, myself. But how about yourself, Pross? Uh, Sorry, I missed your last question. I think my internet was hanging. Sorry. We're talking about uh, triple captain in Rashford in 22. Definitely, definitely an option. Nice, nice. I mean, it's 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 lovely to have a midfielder as a triple captain option. Now, people will say last week we were saying Haaland should be a triple captain for game week twenty. He is. Yes, I would I would have probably gone for him um, because we didn't know about the Man United double. Had we known about the Man United double, the, because as we said, the probability of that double was dwindling as closer you were getting to the deadline. Mm-hmm. It may still not happen. They may not announce it. Yeah. Or. Man United end up or Leeds end up getting a replay and it doesn't happen. So it was the fact that you had a game in hand, you had the two games in hand and you had a Haaland who's rested. But if the double now happens, and this was one of the possibilities that we'd shown last week, if the double happens, then for me, I mean, Rashford at home, two home games, the home form has been incredible. You get a clean sheet point because they're defensive, uh, defensively been great. You get an extra point for a goal. Even if he gets one goal, one clean sheet, one assist, you're sitting on 13, 14 points. And of course, everything else is upside. So, yeah, I think definitely a consideration if that double happens. Yeah, I am agree with you. I I, I want to go there. Um, so let's hope this double drops. Again, the, the big merit also here is that it not only is the team's scorable, if that's a word, but also two home games, which is really nice to see as a triple captaincy yep. option. Um, so the t- table side... But he'll I be 200% EO. Just for yeah. people to know, I mean, he'll still be to everybody else will also captain him. Yeah. So back to the people who look at EO for triple captain, which we've told you not to. Uh, but if you do, yeah, he will be 200% EO. So yeah. pretty much everyone will also captain. Yeah, the reason being is that City are playing Spurs, I believe, in 22. Yeah. Even though, I mean, Even City... <laughs> I mean, no, but what I mean is it's not about City being poor in poor form. It's a It's a single game week versus a double game week for a good team. Yeah. Susan, I, I know you're wondering who else plays uh, a double. Again, no confirmed doubles for 22, but Leeds do have a chance of a double as well as Brentford. Um, so the tables here we have sort of over this course of the season, MPXGI per 90 over 60. All these tables are per 90 over 60, which means just, you know, they have to play over 60 minutes, right? So Rashford, top of the table in terms of team uh, stats followed by Bruno and Anthony and then Ericsson. Ericsson, for good reason, is still a great player, but he's the pass-to-assist guy, so he just doesn't appeal as an FPL option ever to me, right now at least. Um, So the only other option would be Bruno, but how do we get to Bruno? It's not easy to get to Bruno. Recently, he's scored, he's ticking along, so it looks nice. However, if we look at 
Oops, sorry. However, if you look at the stats since the restart, Rashford is, you know, completely outstanding. And getting to the to the really high kind of numbers in terms of stats, I think this is the wrong table, sorry. Anyways, um, so again, so the who is the third option is going to be a very important kind of question for us. And Anthony, for me, isn't an option personally. I just think that he's sort of very punty and I don't like him as a season hold and long-term hold. Also, there's the Sancho issue. I think he's supposed to return very soon. So you expect him to play on the right. Um, but Martial, I mean, he's he's doing really well in terms of stats as well. Issue is he's, first of all, injury prone. And second of all, he plays probably 68 minutes, 75 minutes around that region. So uh, it's really tricky. I, I really don't know who the third option is. Obviously, Bruno seems like the right pick, except his price point is, you know, times two million more. So I'd like to know where you think as a uh, as a third option for for Manchester United. So first, first, let's talk about the Man City game, right? Because there was a change there. What the change that that happened was uh, Fred played in the middle, mm-hmm. um, and Eriksen. So it was basically Casemiro, Fred, and Eriksen. And the reason was Bruno moved to the right where Anthony plays. And the reason was Cancelo was starting on their left. Mm-hmm. And because Cancelo plays inverted, Bruno could basically also come into the middle. So you basically overpower the midfield. You have now Bruno, Eriksen, Fred and Casemiro. So now you have a basically, that was the way Man United sort of controlled. I wouldn't say controlled. They had 35% possession, but they, they held or they, they uh, kept City away. Mm. This will happen again against Arsenal, I think, over the over the next week. But it may not happen against Crystal Palace and Leeds. So that's one to watch, where Bruno may not play right forward and may not be as attacking. I mean, people may think he scored, which was a controversial goal in the first place. Um, He may go back to the Bruno who was not on set pieces and who was basically fairly central. If that doesn't happen and Bruno does keep his spot, which I doubt, then Bruno is a decent option. Mm -hmm. But... Because of the fact that there's no other player that will play 90 and 90, Bruno still may be an okay option. But don't expect too much because, as I said, I expect him over the double to move back into the, the, the three and Fred to miss out. Then, then let's talk about the right forward. So right forward, you will have Anthony, who was who was fine, came on at halftime, uh, did all right. He actually played up top for a while while uh, when, when because Martial was the one he replaced. But then Rashford played a little bit up top. Bruno played a little bit false nine. So... It was, we don't know yet. Now, we have Weghorst back. So, either it'll be Weghorst or Martial starting up top. So, it'll be Anthony who will play on the right and Rashford on the left. So, I think Anthony is a decent shout. If getting into the double, you he's got some minutes and he'll get minutes tonight. He'll get minutes against Arsenal. His performance against Arsenal will be really important. Mm. The other thing is what people don't appreciate is between game week 21 and 22, there's a lot of matches. There'll mm. be two legs of the Carabao Cup. There'll be the FA Cup. So we are talking from now, there will be five games until the double for Man United. Five games is a lot. Mm-hmm. Between five games, Rashford could lose his form. He could he could have a niggle. Anthony could basically be on fire. So all I'm trying to say is keep your options open. If you're not tripled up on Man United right now, keep that slot open. Be open to go even for a Weghorst, for a Martial. Be open to go for an Anthony. If f- funds don't allow... Be open to going De Bruyne to Bruno Fernandes. If Bruno Fernandes keeps shining in this right forward role and he keeps it over the next five games, four out of the next five games, I would even be okay with that. Uh, Going De Bruyne to Fernandes for one week and then going back to De Bruyne. So all options for me right now are on the table. You need to remember that the third option is the third option for a reason because there is no very, very, very good option. Mm. I think if a fit Martial is there, then he's clearly the best third option. We've talked about him. But now Weghorst is in the picture and Martial is also, you know, Ten Hag is a little bit questioning whether he can play. But he also praises him a lot. He says he was mm. pressing a lot. He wanted to start against Man City. Now, I don't really buy that because if Ten Hag didn't want him to start, he wouldn't have started. So Ten Hag likes him a lot. So these are some of the dynamics that I wanted to sort of talk through that people need to understand how the picks are working. If you wanted to, to if you were out of ideas, you wanted a doubler who's just holding that spot for Odegaard a week before, then Eriksen is also fine. Eriksen may get an assist in one of the games from a set piece. He may be, you know, get a clean sheet, gets you eight points. What what else do you want? It's fine. So these are the things to think about. I think the other thing we should discuss is double defense. Their defensive form at home has been very, very good. Yep, yep. So even though we may think that Palace at home and Leeds at home both are attacking teams, 
I think you could do worse than thinking, okay, uh, you know, I've got a Patterson or somebody who I don't really like and I could have an opportunity here to pick up a third Man United defender. My only issue with that is when you go for a Bruno, you can go back to a KDB or a Salah. Mm-hmm. When you go for a Ericsson or an Anthony, you can go to an Odegaard. When you go to a Martial, you can go to an Nketiah. Why it makes sense to do that is because, again, remember Man United might blank in 25, might blank in 28. So you don't want to overload. Mm. If you go for a fifth defender as a Man United defender, you're basically creating another blanker that is going to give you problems in 25 and 28. So yeah. those are those are my thoughts. Yeah, I do United. agree with you. They're, they are elite defense. In terms of minutes per XGC, even, they're, they've been the top for the since the restart. For good reason, right? They've had a sea of green fixtures, but over the course of the season, there have been an elite defense. But for me personally, I have a kind of a set template five defenders that I really like. I don't feel like I need to move off it. So there's really no space for another Manchester United defender, unless, for example, De Gea becomes an option for you. Um, but I'm very That's interested to yeah. yeah, I'm very interested to see the the dynamic with Weghorst. I mean, there's the Dutch connection there and. You know, Martial for me has always been a great link-up type of player, you know, solid finisher when it comes to finishing, as well as, you know, he's got that burst of speed, but never one that seemed to fit the Ten Hag sort of, you know, Ajax pressing type of player, but somehow well, he's... he presses. Why do you say that? He presses. I, for, him, for me, I just feel like he's more of a sort of a poacher in, in some ways. He does press for sure, but not to the extent that I would I would think of an Ajax player to to press, but... Maybe he's breaking, you know, breaking his old habits and, and he's obviously doing well, right? But Weghorst, um, you know, he's sort of the typical uh, Laurentid type of, you know, big man up top. So how do you think he's going to be utilized for this team? I'm sure he presses a lot. I know he tracks back a lot. I know he runs a lot. But um, how do you see this sort of dynamic between Martial and Weghorst? Who's going to start? Is he is he just a subtype of striker? Um, yeah. Before seeing him play, it's very hard to kind of say anything. Mm-hmm. But my inclination at the moment is that it's he's got Martial. He's fairly happy with him, but he cannot rely on him because mm-hmm. of his injury issues. So he needs somebody who can come in and potentially start some games and Martial can't start three in a week. So it's going to be very tricky to predict who's going to start. What you can say is... Over the course of five games, I would say Martial gets on average 50-55 minutes because sometimes he may get early subs, sometimes may, he may not start and get... Uh, and and Weghorst will get 35-45 minutes. So whether he comes on for Martial, sometimes uh, for somebody else. So that's basically it. So it's not great for either at the moment unless the other is injured. Okay, nice. Okay, let's get to Brighton. Um while you're doing Brighton, um, I see Spartans is talking about Casimiro, guys. I mean, Casimiro is the same as Kante, man. I mean, <laughs> look, he's he's a little bit further. I mean, he does get involved in assists, so I'm not sort of completely dishing him as a FPL pick. But really, I mean, you'll have to be very lucky to get a return out of him over two. Don't look at his past. Sometimes he does come forward. He does bomb forward, as did as did other DMs of the past. Rodri scores for Man City. So, but that doesn't make them an FPL pick. It's very hard to predict points from players like these. So, I personally wouldn't go there. Go for the set piece taker in in Ericsson. At least you have a chance. Yeah, agree, agree. Casemiro, I would never touch him. But okay, let's talk about Brighton. Brighton's very interesting. Um, you know, they ha- they do have a likelihood of a blank in twenty five. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the pod, they have a chance of getting a bunch of scheduled uh, rescheduled games towards the latter part of the season. So, at some point in time, we're going to want them. Fixtures aside, they look fantastic, right? They look like, a, you know, so many weapons on the team, so many dynamic ways. And a team is super strong in football, in my opinion, when they have ways to score from different outlets and different zones of the pitch and different ways ways to score as well. And you have a World Cup winner in McAllister coming back, pushing up a little forward. I mean, this team looks good, right? The fact that Trossard is, you know, kind of a sort of an outcast now, goes to show the debt, I guess not debt, but like how much potential this team has, regardless of Potter even moving. So the hot topic here is Matoma, Marsh, and, you know, Gross as well. Marsh just had a fantastic, I think he had a 19-pointer or something. So uh, lots to talk about here. Um, Perhaps we have the XGI chart out here, but do you want to sort of present what we have? 
Look, uh, th- th- I'm going to give away the summary. There's not much in it between Mitoma and March. Uh, <laughs> and those are the two picks, right? Um, and this is basically XGI since uh, Deserbi took over, game week nine. And Mitoma is slightly ahead, but then March's role has shifted a lot. So you see here, Trossard is number one at 0.46. He's obviously out of the picture. Yep. So after that, Mitoma is the one that has the highest output since Deserbi has joined. But as we will make a case, so if you go to the next page, um, what this shows is the average position by game week. So for each game week, where is where have these players played? So if you look at on the left, you have Mitoma. Mitoma's pretty much stayed since Deserbi has joined around you know, your your left forward, uh, cutting in a little bit. But March has, you know, as you can see, the higher the number, the more forward it looks, which basically tells you that he's basically getting further and further ahead the longer he's playing with Deserbi, whether it's it's a case because he's been involved more in goals and he's sort of become more confident and stays up top more, I don't know. This is why it's very hard to predict. And the right, the one on the right, Alex uh, Alexis McAllister, he's obviously continues to play the central midfielder role. There were some quotes from Deserbi that he wants him to be the number 10 and he wants him to be way more forward. I think in one of the cup games he was. But here again, by average position, you see game week 18, 19, 20, he's continued to play where he plays. Generally deeper, so, yeah. Yeah, so he could be, I mean, he is on pens. He could be put on a number 10 duty, duty in an odd game and you could get lucky. But I think it's between March and Mitoma is is where you typically go. So if you go to the next one, which is basically looking at their XG shots. So where do they create their XG? Here, this is a better case for March, where it says that, look, look at the little dots for the middle one, a lot more short volume and bigger XG, XG created in the shots that he's taken. So you could get more volume out of Solly March. You could get more potential points. But ultimately, these are just narratives that you can build into your head on an XGI basis Mitoma is doing better he's the one who drives the team forward in terms of his runs the guy's an amazing dribbler so amazing dribbler. Yeah. all good stuff I mean so I would say between Mitoma and March whatever your structure allows doing this research I've sort of convinced myself that March is slightly better <laughs> just a little bit better so if you wanted to sort of pick one and you had if money was not an issue then I would sort of just favor March but you just never know because he may change his positioning again back to the original one when he started, which was slightly more withdrawn. But why would he if he's scoring so many goals and assists? So you could get this purple patch. You know, the guys at FMLFPL were saying basically he's in the whole, in, he's in the same Almiron patch. Basically the patch that Almiron had before nice the World Cup. Yeah. So why not get that because you're going to lose them in game week 28 blank or some other time and then wildcard them back or something. We will have minimum two, if not three Brighton assets after game week 29. I guarantee you. Because they have a lot of doubles to reschedule. They will be the core of our bench boost in game week 34. So we are talking about all this now so that you are now, when you next time watch Brighton, have a look. Where is March playing? Where is Mitoma playing? Who is looking more threatening? And then let's revisit this in a couple of game weeks when we have to actually make the decision. Yeah, yeah. The main thing for people to consider right now is, shall I take the plunge? Shall I take the plunge knowing that they could blank in 25? They will almost certainly blank in 28. They may not double before then. So should I just go for it because of the fixtures looking so good and the team being red hot? Or shall I wait and just pray that, you know, the guy who I have as my seventh attacker, who will not be Andreas, by the way, because a lot of people are looking Andreas to Mitoma, you will be benching someone instead, whether that is Mitrovic, whether that is another attacker, um, that remains to be seen. So you just have to pray that either they can match or you take the plunge now. Yeah, so, you know, uh, the teams that matter that might blank in 25, Brentford, Brighton, Leeds, United, Newcastle. For someone like me who has triple Newcastle, um, you know, getting onto a, you know, informed player with value at this moment in time, Brighton, it's actually not not the worst thing in the world, but also it creates issues later on, I'm sure, when it comes to 25. I'm sure I could solve it with one or two transfers, but I know I want to save a transfer this week, attack 22, then we have a double for Arsenal, and then who knows what's going to happen by the time we get to 24-25. So I think being patient on it is good. The one thing I want to say as a, you know, obviously South Korean we fear Mitoma uh, in terms of Japan. And we were very surprised that Mitoma was not coming into the uh, 
starting in the World Cup games, uh, you know, that goes to show their depth. But Mitoma is very high talk, highly talked about out here. And his strength, as you mentioned, is like this off-tempo sort of dribbling move where he can take on defenders by using the timing of, of his touches. So I like this. However, one thing I will say about Mitoma is a, he's a high-pace, high-octane type of player where he's just running at full speed nonstop, right? So in that Liverpool game, the first half, I thought he was going to burn out by the second half. But obviously, you know, he continued that sort of high pace in the second half and they did fantastic. So one thing I would watch out for in terms of Mitoma is that he runs all the time, runs a lot, you know, and, he, and he, his stamina is sometimes falters towards the second half of, of games. But regardless, I do agree. Enough, right? mm-hmm. regardless, I do agree with you. It is a tough one. Personally, I like Mitoma. I think I want to go there, but let's wait. For me, I'm going to wait till after 25 to assess their assets. Yeah. Well, after, I mean, I, I would say wait this week. I mean that at mm. least my perspective, and I and I'll just reiterate why you have to wait this week because it it's not about who you're buying; it's also about who you're selling. Mm. So let's say after this week you find out that Newcastle have lost to Southampton in the Carabao Cup, right? Then you don't want to sell Almiron because Almiron right. will have decent fixtures until 25. Won't blank in 25. In the very important game week 28, he will play Nottingham Forest. Mm. Then you can look at other structures. Maybe Andreas to Mitoma makes better sense than a uh, than a Almiron to Mitoma. This is why it's so important to wait. So Brighton may have a game, may have a double, may have a blank in 25. So you can just make that call much better by waiting one single week. And that one single week basically means that you're missing out on Brighton playing Leicester away. Fine. It's a good fixture, good attacking fixture. But then if I compare with Newcastle, Newcastle are playing Crystal Palace away. Not so bad. So is it really worth going Almiron to Mitoma or, uh, you know, March now? You might as well wait for one game week. And then after that, yes, you will have the dilemma that you're talking about. Should I go for them? Because Brighton will have Bournemouth at home, Crystal Palace away and Fulham at home before the blank. Or you just say that I'm going to bite the bullet and wait because I don't. I already have five blankers and I don't want to have a sixth. So we will know so much next week yeah, with yeah. the FA Cup fifth round, fourth round, with the League Cup semifinals. Just not worth it this week. Yeah, sorry. Just to clarify, my, my statement was based on if they were definitely to blank in 25. Okay, let's get to leads and then get to bus teams and then Q&A. Yep. Okay, leads obviously have great fixtures all, you know, um, from here on out. And even the next four fixtures, they do have the potential to blank in 25, but uh, also a potential to double in 22. So it's a classic dilemma, FPL type of dilemma. Rodrigo seems like the sort of standout option pros. Um, you know, he's ticking along nicely. He's... Uh, fourth in terms, or sorry, fifth, sixth in terms of MPXGI per se- for the season. His finishing is sort of frustrating. Um, I think that's the right word. I wouldn't say woeful. I mean, he's still getting goals, but Leeds in general as a team are are just not great finishers. They get a lot of chances, a lot of goals. I think the quick summary here is they're defensively really bad, but as in terms of getting goals, they're pretty good. So I would lay off their defensive assets, but maybe there's some interest in their attacking assets. Bamford, obviously a FPL favorite two seasons ago, is, you know, came off the bench and scored a goal in, in the recent fixture against Villa, but I feel like he's someone we just, you know, won't go close to. They did sign a very interesting signing in Rutter from Bundesliga. I don't know much about him, to be honest, but you know, club record, 36 million. So there's good reason for it. What I've read is that he's sort of like a hybrid type of player. Leeds are likely to play him centrally. However, he's sort of going to play that winger. Um, so Bundesliga, a good com- comparison would be Narby. So um, I feel like he's going to be a wait and watch for us. I don't think he's going to be someone we want right now. Who knows? He might have, you know, come off the bench for a couple of games before he's implemented into the starting lineup. Plus, Rodrigo is doing perfectly fine up top, so I don't see his position being taken. Um, so, yeah, that's my quick summary here. I know there's not um, Aronson as well and, and some other options here and there, but uh, what are your, what's your take on Leeds uh, moving forward? Because their fixtures no are obviously good. I mean, I'm going to watch them tonight. Watch them in the, the, the next game week. Watch them if they make it in the... Uh, FA Cup and then decide because Bamford's coming back as you mentioned um, so whether even Rodrigo starts or whether he gets the minutes on which position is a question mark is he mm. a 10 I mean 
he doesn't play that well as a 10. Um, then Nonto, how is he looking in terms of his nailedness in the team once that happens? So I think for Leeds, it's a, it's a case of you watch them another. So as I said, you have three more games to watch them before mm-hmm. the double. Again, not one where you need to plunge now. Even though if you did, you get the extra Brentford at home uh, now. But I don't think it's worth it. I think you just wait and you see. Aronson is the one who will be nailed but won't get you the, the big points. Maybe Bamford is fully fit in the next three games and, and, and you're confident. But whether that is the case in a double in which the games come thick and fast, I don't know. So for me at the moment, it could be nobody or it could be Nonto, it could be Bamford, it could be Rodrigo, depending on what we see in the next three games. Yeah, well done. I'm well summarized. I agree with you fully. Okay, let's get to bus teams and then we'll do a Q&A. I have your team here first, uh, Pros. Do you want to read it out? Okay, so, yeah, um, I don't have it in front of me, sorry. I'll open it. All right, so my team has, at the moment, Kepa in goal. So, um, I've between Kepa and Ward, I've sort of made peace with starting <laughs> Kepa. Uh, just because I trust, even though Chelsea are not doing well, I trust Chelsea over... Leicester. Leicester look really poor. And their opponents. I mean, Brighton, I'm backing to score goals for sure. Liverpool, you never know. Maybe they have another really bad performance. So, I've gone with Kepa. You know, actually, in my last week's moves, a lot of people are surprised I meant Mings instead of Botman or anybody else. The reason was because I had left exact money to go Kepa to Edison this week. And I'm sort of not going to do that now because... I just, you know, I just don't think that with with the potential that Kepa will have, the one clean sheet that he saves, keeps, he gets 10, 11 points compared to Edison who gets six points. So I'm a little bit debating it. But that was the thinking, why I wanted to save that 0.1, 0.2 to give me that option. Maybe Kepa concedes two goals in the in the previous game instead of a 10-pointer and I'm thinking differently. Or if City kept double clean sheet and I'm thinking differently. So I wanted to have that option. At the moment, I won't go there. So that's goalkeepers anyway. Um, then in defense, I have White, Trippier and Shaw. Again, one of the reasons why I went for a Mings or a Botman kind of spot is because I'm done benching Ben White, Shaw or Trippier. Basically, these are the three defenders I want to start every week. And you can make an argument that people who have Botman could think about benching either White or Shaw. But for me, I think these are three good picks, good good teams. And I'm basically backing these three teams to... I mean, nice. these are we have good discussion for my team as well then. So that's that's where I'm at uh, in defense. And then I have got in midfield um, uh, Saka, De Bruyne, Rashford, Almiron. I've got Mitrovic, Kane and Haaland. So as you can see, I suffered the Mitrovic penalty pain against a non-Newcastle double defense. I suffered the Saka assist pain, uh, which, you know, finally he could have outscored Martinelli, 70% Martinelli owned, owned Martinelli, but we, I didn't get the points. And then he lost bonus as well of that. So it is what it is. And if De Bruyne was out as well this week, I would have completely like, I mean, you know, things basically haven't gone. Yeah, You yeah. can make all the good decisions, but if so, if some seasons things don't go your way, I I was already philosophical by Sunday night. That I know, look, I know, I know. Obviously, happening. I know your season so well, Pros. And I just want to say you've had a very unlucky season, especially also that sort of last minute, uh, you know, app breakdown as well. You lost about 15, I think, points there. So yeah. guys, you know, Pross has been having it rough, but all your decisions... Oh, no, don't worry. Everyone has yeah. been... I mean, a lot of people own Saka, my, uh, this thing. I mean, I don't want to make it about myself. But, but yeah. what I mean is, you have... You know, we always set goals of 10K or whatever, and we know that this will get me... my. You know, anyone's skill will get you up to 100, 100K, and then mm-hmm. luck gets you to 10K. And luck happens. Last season, yeah. uh, game week 25, sold, I sold Salah. Uh, I think everybody owned Salah just before the blank. The guy misses a penalty. That's the luck you need going your way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this Mings transfer that I made, it reminded me of I, last season I bought Ben Davis. Basically, nobody was even thinking. And I was like, okay, I think given oh, the plan, that. Ben Davis, yeah. I gets 15 points yeah, the first that. time I get. Mm. So I'm not saying you need to be this lucky. but So you know, going into the season, that are you getting the rubber of the green or not? So some seasons you don't get. And therefore, you need to sort of readjust your plans. Anyway, I think I have never said that 10K is the is the goal. The goal is 100K because that's basically everyone who spends this amount of time should aim for that. Whether they get it or not, again, they could be very unlucky and not get it. So that's where it is. So aims have been sort of a little bit recalibrated. 
Yeah. So that's where we are. I think we can tell ourselves that aim is 100K, but deep down, deep, deep, deep down inside, we want to get to that 10K, um, that golden number. Like we always want to. Always want to, right? Obviously, it's you know it's still a game, and 100K is a, a very good, uh, reasonable goal to have but it's very nice to to be in that region and i have a chance to get to that 10k top 10k at the end of the season again it's it's i think from 100k to 10k is you know maybe 80 percent luck so um i wouldn't be beating myself about it i want to ask you about keppa and ward because i'm having a dilemma here we say do not fit you know what's it called uh, stats into narratives but i'm gonna fit stats into narratives here and tell you that Leicester home defensive stats are not starting eighth best. Not starting away, they're second worst. So, but with, with that being said, Brighton is we have to view them as an elite team. And so, what's the take here? Is it Liverpool? They're both not going to get clean sheets. So we uh, we hope no. for Kepa be happy with clean sheet. Uh, Kepa saves or or what's your what's your thinking saves. here? Mm. Three save points from uh, from Kepa is enough. You take your. Th- three, four points and that's it. Move on. I mean, you don't have to worry about the spot. You're not going to get a lot of points. If you miss out and and what ends up keeping a clean sheet doesn't matter. I mean, I think there's not much in it between the decisions. But as I said, I I trust Graham Potter over Brendan Rodgers. That's all it is. No chance you start Mings over Shaw or White? There is a chance. I'm looking at Shaw maybe. Mm -hmm. But I will see. I mean, I'm not... See, the, the the reason I don't want to make the call between White and Shaw, White has a higher p- potential yeah. of clean sheet because they're at home. I think neither keep a clean sheet because I think Man United, Arsenal should be like a 2-1 game or something. So neither will keep a clean sheet, but neither will Aston Villa. So if I'm if I'm saying that the all these all my three defenders are not going to keep a clean sheet, the highest odds are White. So for me, White then gets a tick. Then in terms of... Upside potential. Shaw is on corners, some free kicks. So why not have Shaw? And, you know, Man United are red hot right now. So <laughs> say that they don't go go out there and win 2-0. So I'm not benching. I mean, at the moment, my thinking is not that. We will see what uh, comes about. I think most algorithms are suggesting Mings over Shaw. I'll see. I'll see if I get there. But at the moment, I'm not keen. Nice. Cool. Okay. This is my team, guys. I have... Uh... Kepa in goal, 3-4-3. Trippier, Botman, White. In the midfield, I have KDB, Mares, Almiron, Rashford. Mares is good. Up top, I've got Holland, Kane, and Mitrovic. And in Mares, I trust for this uh, second fixture in game week 20. On the bench, I've got Ward. I have Shaw first bench, Andreas, and Bueno. So this is tough. This is tough. The defense, you know... I got away with a double clean sheet last week. I know I have Mitrovic as well, but, you know, that was just pure luck. I, I feel like, you know, one of those clean sheets you get once in a while. I I am leaning towards this double-up defense in terms of Newcastle. I like White over Shaw just because White has the home fixture. I think it's super close between them. But I'd like to know what you think about, you know, who should start, who I should start for, for the defense. You're muted, Pross. Um, I think it's fair. Newcastle yeah. have been as good defensively away from home than at home. So if it was a home fixture, this wouldn't be a discussion. Mm. But even away from home, I mean, see how Palace look today. Because they're playing Palace, right? Mm-hmm. See how Palace look against Man United. And if you really think that they're looking toothless, then I, I think play Botman. But I'm just weary. Shaw, is, Shaw has a 15-pointer in him. So yeah, that's true. And yeah. I just don't want to. I'm. This is what I said. I'm done benching Champions League teams, basically top four teams: Man United, Newcastle, Arsenal. Yeah, these are the three top defenses after City. So I'm done. I'm done. And after this week, it's not even a question. Yeah. After this week, Man United and and Arsenal either have a double or have great fixtures. So it won't even be a question. That spot will be a bench spot. Uh, this is why I didn't mind not going Botman. Uh, so. It's just this week, and I, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I, I would sl- slightly lean towards Newcastle, but like I said, watch, watch how Palace look today. Mm. Uh, but it's Newcastle away, right? To Palace, it's so away. It's but, not that you know, easy. It's not that easy, but also in terms of you know defensive stats, Newcastle is still very elite away. So oh yeah, and Arsenal had an elite attack. So mm. if you're backing Arsenal to score, that's that's decent. But what I'm trying to say is I. 
if you're backing both teams to concede, then you go Shaw over anyone else like a White or a Botman or a Mings because you think Shaw will get attacking is or possibly could get attacking return. It's just it's one not of those much in classic it. FPL dilemmas where all three of them are legitimate starters in my team for this week, and the one I bench obviously will get a 15, 15 point haul, but. Um, I, reason for me is I, I just I, I really like that Newcastle defense. They, I feel like they're controlling the games, and I feel like they can get it done at Crystal Palace. So we'll see. We'll see how sure, I end sure. up. Yeah. See, the thing is, Botchman and White cannot get you fifteen pointers. Exactly. They are. Yeah. So that's the way, at least, I look at it in terms of the the loss that you can have on but, the bench is not going to be huge benching a centre back right, or White. Right. But the way I look at it, and you know, I agree with you. I can look at it that way too, but. One of the ways I look at it is there's a high likelihood that White and Shaw cancel each other out, right? So I like the probability of Newcastle getting a clean sheet over them, you know, hauling or not canceling each other out. And if anything, it's going to be White at home that has a higher chance of a clean sheet. But maybe sure. my maybe my thinking is flawed, but that, that's how I'm thinking of it right now. Yeah. Fair. Um, any thoughts on... I, know, I see a lot of questions yeah. in the chat, by the way, on Cancelo. So if you're still okay. holding on to Cancelo, we can't answer that question until we see the lineup on uh, on Thursday. Because what if Cancelo starts again? That's two. That's three in a row where he started. So maybe he's back in favour. So why would you sell him ahead of Wolves at home? If he doesn't start, this is the problem with Man City asses. If he doesn't start, then you think, why should I sell him when he could have a chance starting Wolves at home? So... This is not the week to sell Cancelo unless uh, something drastic happens between now and Friday. So yeah. now you have him, you keep him. Yeah. A lot of people are saying it's a it's a obvious role this this week, but not so much for me who doesn't have an Arsenal midfielder. I'm I'm really considering possibly. Why just, do you need an Arsenal midfielder? I mean, I mean they're, they're playing United. United. I get it, but I, I just um, also. Then why did you sell Martinelli last week? Because I wanted Mars, I wanted to take the bet on Mars, and it hasn't paid off. So, yeah. See, you'll have the same Cancelo dilemma now. If if Mares starts again, will you sell him ahead of Wolves? I mean, the bet was just to like. I'm hoping he does exceptional in this game week, so that he continues to play till game week 23, which is you know high hopes. But I also don't have any value tied up in Martinelli, so I think it was one of those like. I want to kind of go for it this game week type of moves. Um, so fair enough, fair enough. I mean, Mares is a good shout for the double, but that's that was the dilemma. That what will you do with him after that? You could hold him till twenty three and just pray because he has a double himself. But then he'll take up that valuable midfield slot yeah. for when you can go for Rodrigo, Odegaard, Anthony, whoever basically emerges. Yeah. So, and one of yeah. the things that I noticed, or last thing I'll say about my team is that. Even though Saka and Odegaard score, it didn't really kill my rank, which is nice. But if Martinelli does get a goal, that's going to kill my rank. So that's that's my worry um, for this game week, I guess. Yeah. Both maybe? on Holland captain. Yeah, still Holland any, captain. Any thinking around Holland captain? Me? Any debate? Um, I mean, I'll probably do Holland captain, maybe vice captain Kane, but I think I'll just go with Holland. Yeah. How about yourself? No, I mean, I think I, I am as well. And I'm I'm still of the camp that he's still perma-captain. Mm. But I see a lot of people starting the chatter of he's affecting City or even the journalists are asking Pep. So, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that uh, it still has to be Haaland uh, as long as he's fit. Okay, let's do a five-minute Q&A and I have a uh, Q&A section ready. <laughs> I can get so much shit for this, but yeah. Any questions you, have you a, see? You have a Buendia section. No, a Q&A section. Oh, okay. I was like, well, we've done some work on Buendia. Uh, people are on Martial to Mitro or Tony. Um, I think you, you hold Martial now, unless he's injured. So you might miss out on this game, um, the second game. Mm-hmm. He's 50-50 to start Palace. But I don't think Martial you need to sell. You just now pray until game week 22 that he's fit. Okay. Um... Yep, Spartans are saying it's the obvious game week to roll. This is what we've been saying the whole stream. Roll, you will get a lot more information in the next game week where you have FA Cup, you have the two legs of the Carabao Cup. So it's not just blank and double information you'll get. You'll get information on the teams themselves, on Leeds, on Man United and others. So definitely. What are the um, what are the things I, what, I think 
I read earlier some oh, Tom, Thomas says my goal this season is top 1 million. I like I I like comments like this just because like we get such a diff, diverse type of, you know, diverse field of managers who are obviously played long time such as yourself Pros as well as, you know, managers getting into the fold. I remember when I first got into the fold, I was always listening to these pods, always trying to learn. And, um, you know, it's a really addicting process once you get, you know, more knowledgeable about the game and as well as, um, you know, effective ownership and and this and that. So uh, shout out, Thomas. Thanks for joining today. Maybe he's a long veteran manager that's not doing well this season. Could be that too. Um. Yeah, we've talked about White or Shaw. We've talked about Kepper Ward. I don't, Andy, there's not, there's not a lot of decisions yeah, this I week. Agree. I don't think I agree. A yeah. full Q&A. Save your transfer, everybody. That's all. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for joining. We have to go. It's been an hour. Thank you. Thank you again. And we will see you uh, for the next game week. And good luck for the rest of the, the game week 20. Goodbye.